Bronco Nation News Live is presented by RowPaint.com, the official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics. Power in people, pride in painting. Check them out at ROEPaint.com. Now, here's BJ Rains. Hey, happy Thursday. How we doing, Boise State fans? Bronco Nation News Live here at BroncoNationNews.com coming from the Cutwater Studios. Jay, what do you think of the new uh, little, uh, I don't know what you call it, background or uh, framing here? It was good. We can thank our Ooh. man Carson Stawning. It was not me. Definitely. I was going to say, who, whoever yeah. did that for you, well done. Yeah. And we got this cool ability here where I can just kind of rotate through some ads on screen. I can, uh, while we're talking, I got all kinds of cool stuff that I can do. Um, we can even put Johnny and Prater up there if we want to. So uh, if we want nothing, we can do that. So, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we're we trying to upgrade here, and I think this is a pretty nice look. Thanks to Carson for for doing that. We have our new deal with Cutwater Spirits. Had to make sure we got their uh, logo placed on the screen here, and, and I thought it turned out a very nice. So excited uh, for this uh, moving forward. Yeah, it looks good, man. Well done. Appreciate it, man. Jay, uh, it's hard to frame you perfectly, but we're doing the best we can there with the uh, the uh, the orange uh, frame now for the background. So uh, it's Thursday. We got Jay here a day early. We appreciate Jay and uh, Mike Prater for switching around. I am uh, heading later this evening to Seattle for the weekend. Uh, so we do have a show for you tomorrow. It's already been taped. We'll talk softball with Justin Schultz. We're going to talk the Horseshoe Collective and NIL and a very interesting chat with Joe Nickel. So we will still have a show tomorrow morning, but I have already taped it. Sorry to disappoint you. Um, but, uh, Jay, we still wanted to get your uh, contractually obligated second appearance uh, this week, and so we appreciate you for switching Thursday for Friday. Uh, how's it going? It's good. I apologize to everybody that tuned in thinking they were going to see Mike Prater today, though. I can't imagine there's too many people that are disappointed. I, I don't know. We'll see. Yesterday, was, <laughs> we, we, we love Prater. He had a couple hot takes yesterday. He was, uh, he, he was uh, helping, helping the uh, social media traction with some of his hot takes. So uh, we, we all, we all love Prater. What was his hottest? Um, he, I mean, I'm not trying to like call him out here, but he uh, uh, <laughs> didn't exactly know how big of an impact a, a, a Dawson Baker would make if he were added to the team um wasn't sure if he was like the missing piece to the super team or not okay uh, he still wants a center he wants a big he wants a rim protector like a guy that's 6 11 7 foot is who uh, a lot of people including mike uh, still want and that's that's a fair if you think they need one more of those kind of guys uh that's 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 fair um uh, next week by the way we are going to do a little one week pre uh review of last season and so i think next third uh we're, who do we have? We have a couple of them, but we're going to have uh, Tyson Degenhart next Friday, who I think is going to join us live, uh, Jay, Mo, next Friday. Mozilla Mo and Jace Whiting are on Tuesday. Okay, so I don't want to talk Mozilla then today because I have a clip from Leon about Mo, and there's a little more talk about Mo, and that was part of what I mentioned with Prater. But I want to save that for uh, for Tuesday then when we talk about those two guys. But we are going to kind of review. Uh, by the way, you read the email, so nice. Appreciate that. You, 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 I can tell Jay read the I, – I took I put a, a lot of time actually into the offseason plans and trying to backdate the schedule from media days and how are we going to fill three months of coverage on BNN and, and Jay read the email. So uh, well, you sent it 74 times. <laughs> By the way, do I sound all right? Yeah. Any different or, or not or it sounds the same. Okay. You still kind of have that like kind of like an annoying kind of like. Yeah, well, that's a given. No, I'm trying okay. a new, uh, I tried a new little uh, mixer here. Oh, okay. Uh, moving forward, maybe something that I uh, invest in for, 
folks like yourself here so we can have a, a high quality microphone. And I wanted to, before I bought multiple ones, wanted to make sure it worked. And so nice, it sounds okay. It's uh, I think maybe we're on the right track to something then. So yeah, it looks good. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember the, Oh, he, uh, uh, when we talked to Max Rice scholarship, uh, his, his, uh, he thinks it would be a negative for Max Rice and that it would hurt his psyche and that it would be a, a huge negative for him to, he's earned the scholarship. He deserves it. And if you take that away from him, all the other fan bases would rip him for being a walk on and that it could have a, a negative, a negative reaction. I think it actually might feed into Max. I don't think he, Max is like, I think Max is an incredibly mentally tough dude. I think he's got a lot of confidence. I don't, I'm, I, I think it's going to be really hard to shake him. I mean, I even go back to um, not this last year, but the season prior when he got off to just like a really bad start shooting and he still kind of pulled his way out of it, even though he's playing through injuries and stuff like that. So I don't know if there's much that can phase Max Rice when it comes to getting in his psyche, to be honest with you. I would tend to agree. I, I see, I saw his argument. I see both sides of it. Like there is some yeah. sort of, there is like a, a statue, you know, like a, there is a, a little sense of pride or whatever of being a, a you know, scholarship player. Yeah. But it, and so I, I, I'm not like, you know, coming on here to, to rip on Mike Prater. I totally get his side. That is a fair, agreeable side. I just take it as the other way. I think if you were to get a player like Dawson Baker and that's something that Max were to agree to do, I think it'd be a really kind of feel-good story, and I think that it would be—it's obvious to everyone that Max is worthy of a scholarship. So he's not getting mm -hmm. it taken away because he's not good enough. He's getting it taken away because he agreed to do it to add another player that might help him get to the Sweet 16 or something. I don't know. I'm just uh, so I, I, I see both sides of it, but in the Max Rice case, I, I don't think it would be negatively on Max if that were to happen. No, I like I said, I, I think Max could handle just about anything that's thrown his way. You might have to worry about that with another player, but we're also talking about a guy that's going to be a 60 or senior next year. I mean, coach's kid, he'll, he'll figure it out. He'll be fine. Regardless of what happens, in my opinion, I mentioned we're broadcasting from the cutwater spirits, mobile studios, more than 30 flavors of pre-mixed premium cocktails. Pick one up at your local gas station or grocery store and shout out to our title sponsor, rowpaint.com. They're uh, scheduling for those spring concrete coatings. We've had it done twice. Jay, as you know, you've been over to our house several times, the back patio, the garage, uh, transform that ugly looking stained concrete slab into a, a very nice looking brand new slab five times stronger than epoxy and they can do it in one day. Check them out at roepaint.com. I have a clip here from Leon Rice and then uh, I don't exactly know what it is, Jay. It's titled uh Cam Martin no true center. So I, I think we're going I'm hoping it's what I think it is where we we can uh, kind of feed off Mike's uh take and some fans wishes that they get another big guy. Uh we're going to kind of uh I did great show prep here and and reviewed the clip before I before we play it, but uh Let's hear what Leon Rice has to say, and, and hopefully uh, it's on topic here of what we're talking about. You know, you look at some of our great offensive teams, and team, you know, is when you had a four and a five that could shoot, and then now you kind of become unguardable a lot of times in, in, in a lot of ways. And um, but you're getting, you're still getting size and athleticism, so it's not like it has to be one or the other. As you grow as a program and your teams get better, you're able to recruit a higher level guy that can do more. And I think there's been a steady evolution of our program where you're, you know, you're getting guys like that. I mean, it, you know, I know it legitimized our program in your eyes, getting a rock chalk Jayhawk, you know. So uh, it, <laughs> it's, uh, I think you'd take a whole roster full. But the, again, I mean, come on, not many teams wouldn't. Those guys are there for a reason. I mean, that <laughs> you don't 
You don't need to tell me. I've watched that program over the years. It's remarkable what they've done year in, year out. I mean, people take it for granted, I think, and, and it's, uh, but they do it with great coaching and great players. That's it. You know, pretty simple and a great home court. So, what have you seen from Cam defensively that makes you hmm. and your staff confident that he can come in here and against well, play the five? Think about what he think about what he's gone against the last two years every day in practice. That makes guys better. And you know he's big. You know he's big, strong, veteran. I mean, we're going to have an old team, and that's valuable. You look at the stats of what old teams were able to do this last year, and that that's huge. And so, uh, you know, I think that, and I, I never underestimate coaching. I think I got the best staff in the world, and some of them coach, you know, we do some things defensively that are unique, that fit the way we play and the guys that we can get. And, you know, now you got an old veteran that, that he'll become a great player defensively. I know a lot of folks, Jay, did want the, uh, the seven-foot rim protector, more of a, a Nathan Mensa type. Um, where are you, I guess, on, on, uh, what the current makeup with, with Stanley and with, uh, Cam Martin, and then you have Mo Silla, you know, still lurking, I guess, still there on the bench. Uh, is that enough for you for the next year's roster or, or do you, would you, are you in that camp that you would have liked to have seen another big guy or, or maybe instead of Stanley, uh, a bigger guy? Um, I think that today's game requires you to have athletic guys that, or multi-dimensional, um, versatile, however you want to phrase it, and can guard more than just one position, right? And, you know, Nathan Mensa was incredible for San Diego State. I mean, he, he was. He was a game changer for them. And I think the interesting thing, when you look at the final four, three out of the four teams had a significant type of, like, almost old-fashioned big, right? Um, so there's clearly value there, but it also just how it fits on the rest of your team. And so – if you don't feel like you can go get that type, like you, then you got to do the best you can. And I also think it comes down to this, like how can you add offense without sacrificing too much on defense? And I feel like that's kind of maybe what Boise State has been able to add here. I, I don't know why – I don't think people should underestimate maybe Omar Stanley too and what he can bring on that end. He's a high-energy guy that can recover quickly. And um, I, I think he's going to bring a lot to this team when it comes to, to the defensive end and, and energy and things like that. So. I'm not locked into the fact that they need, um, you know, a 6'11 rim protector or anything like that. I, I think that it comes down to having, you know, versatile guys that also have size and having a few of them that you can that you can run out there at different times. And I, and I think they are are pretty close to achieving that. So um, is it enough? I, I don't know. I mean, it depends on most Silva's development. Like, I don't mean to be harsh but like he, he really didn't contribute much last year like he just he just didn't especially in conference play so if they can get him to a point where he can just contribute a little bit then that, that would be maybe enough of a game changer in itself yeah and I and I find it interesting and I kind of bring this up because we see uh, on the Twitter and social media yesterday David Muoka a 610 center from UNLV uh, a grad transfer uh, listed Boise State among like six uh, six or seven schools that he has uh, heard from. So, and again, a lot of that is sometimes just that you know his high school coach, so you're sending out a, a feeler text. It, it doesn't necessarily mean they want him. Um, if you know, but I mean, there was at least been some contact uh, between David Muoka, uh, the the UNLV six ten grad transfer, average uh, about five points, five rebounds, but did have one point four blocks a game as well. 
Um, wasn't a super key contributor, but you know, five and five and 1.4 blocks. That's similar numbers to Omar Stanley. Um, you know, but again, doing it at the Mountain West level, uh, but is a little bit taller, six ten. Um, and I think the blocks were up a little bit from Stanley as well. But uh, it is interesting. We don't know what's going to happen. I think. I think. Um, you know, the 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 big one out there. I think right now is is Dawson Baker. I, I don't think they're set. At least maybe I'm wrong. If I'm seeing this, I kind of thought it was Dawson Baker or bust right now. I mean, they see him as a special 15 point a game player. If they get him, they'll make it work. If not, they'll keep the roster how it is. But I did at least find it a little intriguing that they're at least poking around the center market still as well. I mean, I think a lot of that, DJ, you know, what Leon said the other day is like they're always monitoring the transfer portal. And, you know, this goes back to like, um, you know, talking with head coach, head football coaches in the past, right? Like that might lose a number of offensive coordinators or something like that. They always know the guys that they're going to target if they lose someone, right? And yeah. so if you're not doing your homework in those regards as it comes to the transfer portal, then you're probably going to be, be caught off guard at some point in time. And so the likelihood of adding somebody like that, I don't know right now, but at the very least, if there is some type of roster movement that, you know, surprises Boise State, um, whether it be theirs or somebody else's, they can um, obviously be in a position to make that adjustment and go get it. The, the, I bet you stuff like this probably is, you know, happened before or would be pretty common, BJ, but now like, there are more transfer portal type trackers and things like that. So it just becomes public knowledge in a hurry. And so you see Boise state's name on some of these lists. It literally could just mean keeping track of somebody. It's not, I mean, I, I do know for a fact, there was a kid that did this and said he had a scholarship offer from Boise state and um, come to find out. I just don't, I don't think that was true. So, and that's nothing against the kid either. Like that, that just happens in these situations. Like, I don't know if, they're, you know, some of these kids get contacted by so many coaches and stuff that they might think a simple phone call means we're going to offer you a scholarship. And it, that, that's just not necessarily the case. So, yeah, I think it's just Boise State definitely doing their homework in case something should come up that would allow them to or encourage them to hit that market once again. No doubt. And there was a comment on here. Uh, maybe Leon sees improvement with Scylla. That's my best guess. Maybe signing another center he thinks will ruin morale. Um, I, I, you know, and again, I want to say most of the most Scylla talk till Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, like, I don't I think everybody totally understands his background and his story. He's still pretty raw at basketball. And um, I mean, you can go back a couple of years where he basically had to quit basketball to go get a job for his family because he has like he had like 16 brothers and sisters and his mom he had to help support. So he like stopped playing basketball for like a year. And then when he came back to uh, Detroit Mercy, that the credits didn't he wasn't eligible. So there was like a month left in the season. So he didn't get a chance to play a lot there. And then um, when he got to Boise State over the summer, he had a heart condition where they couldn't get him to pass whatever the entrance testing was for a while at Boise State for him uh, with due to like an irregular heartbeat type thing. And so he didn't get to participate in any of the summer workouts last year. We were at a couple of those kind of scrimmages. I remember one Jay against the TBT team where Mo Silla was just sitting over there on the side watching. He has a little bucket hat on. I'm like, man, this dude is huge. And he's a physically imposing presence, but uh, Boise State, they're a developmental program. I think this hurt. I heard think this hurt Sadan Ganga a lot too. They they make their hay in the off season from April till August or September, improving these guys out of the season. And I think that it really did hurt a guy like Mosilla that he didn't get any work with the coaches all summer. And I think Boise State does feel like there is still some upside with him. And I mean, don't forget he 
had a couple big buckets and big blocks, at least a couple of good defensive plays in the New Mexico game. He started overtime in the New Mexico game. I know he had two turnovers quickly, which led to them maybe losing that game. But um, I, I, I seem to remember a big bucket or two in the St. Louis game. Like when they did call on him, which wasn't very often, he he came up with a couple plays at times. And so I think they feel like if they can work with him all summer, there might be a little upside with Mosilla, which in my opinion is why. Um, and you can throw in the – if he's even allowed to transfer and play somewhere else and all that kind of stuff, you know, why would he stay? I think that, you know, 6'11", 250 pound centers are hard to find. And I think they still feel like there's something there with him. Yeah. I'm wrong, BJ, but I also think that he was dealing with some injury stuff too, coming in. Like he was really trying to play catch up and whether it be his health or like, you know, just mentally getting up to speed in this Boise State program. Um, I liken this to, you know, what you hear with football players coming off significant injuries, right? Like, yeah, they might be able to get back in time to participate in, um, you know, fall camp or something like that. But they're not in the shape that they necessarily want to be in when it comes to strength or anything. So if all of a sudden now your strength numbers aren't, aren't there, you're trying to play catch up in season while you also take care of the wear and tear of, of the football season on your body. Like that's just a lot. Like you're going to be playing catch up the entire way. And in all actuality, you might not even be able to get back to where you are in that given season. So. You're right. Like maybe maybe having a full season in um, a full year in Boise into a nice full off season in Boise, maybe that helps springboard Mosilla into a little bit more of a productive player that can contribute on this team. That by all means, man, a lot of people think are going to be in the NCAA tournament last year. And I said this on the news last night, BJ. Um, we all see it the way too early top twenty fives and uh, Joe Lunardi's field of sixty eight things like that. And, you know, it, it's it's pretty common for Boise State's football team to get the benefit of the doubt with some of these preseason rankings and things like that. I, I think I do think it's kind of uncharted territory, though, for the Boise State men's basketball team. So it says something from a national level. I know that they have to go out and win games. So whoever's going to write that in the comment, um, I, I know that they have to do that. But it's still nice that they have some name recognition, some respect. And now they won't have to go. 24 and four for AP voters to say, okay, I think it's enough to put them in the top 25. You know, yeah. I, I think that they'll, they'll already kind of have some of that credit um, early in the season that will allow them to kind of ascend and get that national attention a little earlier than what they've previously been able to achieve in the past. Maybe that, maybe that's a difference between a, a six, seven seed and an eight, nine seed or something. If you're on the national radar earlier in the season, it, 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 I mean, it's, I don't, I hope that doesn't sound silly, but it really, it really might be that. And when it comes down to, you know, things like that, it could make the difference in, again, getting that first NCAA tournament win at some point in time. I mean, um, and it's not just you know, ESPN. I've seen three or four of these uh, early lists that have kind of, yeah. they're not in the top 25. I know Sean Paul had him like number 12. He, he's yeah. a, kind of a freelance guy that works for some different things. He's, he's certainly, you know, Great dude, does a great job, but he's certainly not, you know, Joe Lenardi or, or Jeff right. Goodman or some of the, the national guys that have been around for 20, 30 years. But um, I, I've seen the Jeff Goodmans and the Jeff Borzellos. You mentioned ESPN. There's three or four where Boise State has been in that next little wave, right, out, you know, mm -hmm. barely missing out. And, um, you know, maybe you go get a Dawson Baker and all of a sudden you're in that list. Yeah, and it's just wild that we continue to – I mean, hopefully it's not exhausting, but it's it's wild that we can continue to find storylines to talk about with this team, despite the fact we're a month removed from the season. And it's, yeah, but it's now we're usually it, it, it's all pretty exciting. 
in previous years, we're already on to football talk, and and uh, I, I think it's uh, kind of cool. And I think uh, early next week is when Dawson Baker is scheduled to visit, so we'll kind of track that a little bit next week as we do start our uh, season review of the basketball team. We've been talking so much about the newcomers, Jay, and all this. I thought it was good to take a second and pause and give Tyson Degenhardt and Max Rice and some of these guys and even the other returning players like a Mo Silla and a, a Jace Whiting and a Kobe Young and a R.J. Keene kind of – Let's let's look at what they did last year and let's look at what their role is going to be moving forward. Because I think that uh, as, as big as the newcomers are going to be, they're going to need all seven of the returning players to, to probably uh, play at some point this year as well. Yeah, you're, you're right. And uh, I mean, our, our our boy Nate the Great Lowry uh, sent out a tweet. I think he, he takes the text of both of us. You beat me to the Twitter punch. <laughs> uh, um, this team's going to have a lot of experience next year, too. And. I think in, in the clip you heard earlier today, uh, you know, Leon said old old teams usually do well, um, or at least they have recently at the NCAA tournament, and that'll be something that plays into Boise State's favor. But I, I think they have a beautiful balance of of um, experience because while they're old, you also look at like what returns after next season. You're like. <laughs> It should still be very, very good even after next season. That's even you crazier know? when you do think about that. You lose Max Rice, but uh, you bring and, and Mo, obviously, I guess. But uh, and is there anybody else I'm forgetting or not? I mean, Max Rice. I mean, is, yeah, that's you lose Cam Martin. You'll lose Cam Martin and Max. Yeah, but you'll have uh, Buzo and Degenhart both back again. You have Omar Stanley back. You have another year Roddy Anderson, Meadow, all your young guys developing, and then who knows about the transfer portal next year. Yeah, so they've, they've done a really good job of balancing this thing out where it doesn't ever feel like they're going to lose too much to overcome uh, in the immediate future. Um, Interesting uh, transfer portal uh, topic that I want to bring up with you. But first, I do want to thank a couple of our sponsors, Lithia Ford of Boise. LithiaFordBoise.com. Check out their full inventory of vehicles. You can do what the Reigns family did. Purchase your vehicle from Lithia Ford. A Boise will not be disappointed. We went online. LithiaFordBoise.com. Identified two trucks we liked. Went on in there. Test drove them both. Got the information and made our choice on the F-150 there. Uh, you will not be disappointed. And they will take your trade whether you buy from them or not. They'll make you a cash offer on the spot. Check them out. LithiaFordBoise.com. Com. Idaho Central Credit Union, ICCU.com, the best in mobile e-branch online banking. Huge supporters of the local sports team. You see all the local uh, arenas named after them, all the scoreboards they're putting in. They're doing a ton of work. The eSports arena, uh, they've, they've uh, bought the naming rights to that. So uh, Idaho Central Credit Union is doing so much for the uh, local community. And uh, if you're looking for the best online banking experience, look no further. Idaho Central Credit Union, get more information, ICCU.com. You're looking for a new job about transportation compliance service, transcompservice.com. They can get you out towing that first load in no time. If you want to get into the trucking industry, become a truck driver. And now I'm talking the big rig on the screen, or it could just be like the Amazon truck uh, you see in your neighborhood. All the DOT overweight permits, everything you need, let them take care of it for you, uh, transcompservice.com. Com. You need some new Boise State gear? Check out the Blue and Orange store. They got all the Nike and all the, the you know official styles the coaches wear, the players wear. Check it out. The Blue and Orange store.com. The Blue and Orange store is uh, one of our big sponsors. We appreciate them. Check them out. Uh, online orders of at least $40 get you free shipping at the Blue and Orange store.com. Jay, uh, I mentioned Boise State reaching out to a UNLV center. And I was listening to a podcast, great interview that Mike Burns did with uh, Dom Sheldon uh, on the 
an official podcast and they didn't name the player, but he mentioned that they were recruiting a player uh, earlier during the transfer portal from a school in the mountain West. And he said that um, he talked to the player and he said, that, you know, when we lined up for the um, national anthem, you guys probably looked across the, the line and thought you were going to kick our bleep. And uh, you know what? We kicked your bleep. And, uh, and and the guy you know said, yeah. And so I, I'm guessing that was UNLV also. I'm guessing maybe Keyshawn Gilbert, the, the, the guard. I don't know that um, because they have a lot of athletic guys. And you look at UNLV lined up on the layup line, they look like a pretty impressive team. Maybe it was Wyoming. I don't know. Um, but the fact that they now have, you know, at least publicly looks like they've reached out to multiple players within the league. Um, we've seen a Fresno State, one of Fresno State's better players transfer to New Mexico. We've seen um, Wyoming, I believe, had a player go to Fresno State. Um, we, you know, there's been some interconference transfers here. I know this was part of the rule um, when when they decided to allow the immediate one-time transfer. You, you, if you transferred within the league, you used to have to sit out a year, but now, and sometimes two in the league, so it never happened. But they kind of had no choice but to allow this. And so now it's being more and more common in the Big 12. You're having guys transfer all over the place. Oh, from Kansas to Iowa State and Iowa State to Kansas and Texas to Kansas and Kansas to Oklahoma State and everywhere else. Uh, what's your take, I guess, on this new this new wave of the interconference uh, transfers? And I read a nice article from Mark Ziegler last week talking to uh, Brian Dutcher about it. And just, you know, they, you know those players better. You scout them. You watch them play. You have a little better understanding of them. Maybe from that point it helps. But now you're getting to a point where maybe you're playing a team and you're going, oh, I'm getting that guy next year or whatever it takes, like just taking him off a team in your conference potentially. Um, it's just a weird new scenario that's in play now. Yeah, I, I mean, it is, but it just – I guess it's just college basketball. I mean, if you're, if you're the Mountain West, I guess you'd kind of in a way rather they stay in the league, right? Like if it's a talented player, any way you can retain him in the league, I guess that's what you want. Uh, the Mountain West has lost some good players this year, right? Off the top of my head, I mean, um, what is it? Uh, Darian Williams from Nevada went to Texas Tech. Ashworth. Um, yeah, Ashworth went to Creighton. Um, kid from Air Force went to Clemson. So, I mean, they, they've yeah, lost. Amike is leaving. Uh, maybe maybe Gonzaga we will see there. but It seems like that's the latest on him. Uh, but they've they've lost some talent, some, some really good conferences, or I guess you could say some – more lucrative conferences and, and teams for that matter. So I guess if you can keep them in the conference, even if it's in another, uh, even if it's in another Jersey, you'll take it. And I don't know if that was the intent when the mountain West kind of uh, relaxed those rules, but um, it, it, it definitely should have been thought about because you, you want to retain talent any way you can and help your teams get to the postseason any way you can. Yeah. I just, I, I remember the uh, game at century lane or what was it? What's it called now? The downtown arena. Uh, ICC, Idaho Central, ICCU, Idaho Central Arena. Uh, they had the uh, game against Washington State, and Tyson Degenhart, I think, was. And this is not a exact scenario because it's a non-conference game, obviously against Washington State. But I'm watching. I just get there early. I'm setting up, and Tyson Degenhart's going through his pregame shooting routine. He's got his AirPods on. He's one of the first players out there on the court, and I'm watching him shoot. And he's shooting right in front of the uh, Washington State bench. And there's like three Washington State assistant coaches just sitting on the bench, and they're just salivating over Tyson Degenhart. And it, it like literally popped in my mind that they're going, man, we, you know, wish we had this kid. Wonder what it would take to get him for next year. Like, uh, and, and so like, um, I, I just, 
you now have like a situation where San Diego State could just have their three coaches out there and, and watching you and giving you the head nod before the game or giving you the, you know, we'll be, you know, we'll be in contact in the handshake line. Like, I don't know, but like, um, it, it's just very interesting now that if you don't, if you with NIL and all this stuff, like you, you missed on a guy or you didn't know that guy or you see him over there and you want him, go get him. It's just really, it's just really the, the interconference one where you, and then you have the players that have to decide, do I want to go back to Logan, Utah and play them after I transferred away? Do I want to go, do, do I want to face all my old players in, you know, uh, Laramie, Wyoming after I transferred to Fresno? I mean, I guess if the players are willing to do it and it's a better situation for them, great. Um, it's just uh, becoming more and more common now that we're going to have all these guys facing their old teams. Yeah. I, um, I'm not saying I have a problem with it. I just think it's right. interesting. Uh, I mean, it's it's it's, it's the, yeah. the coaches can leave, the players should get to leave. I get it, but when you transfer, yeah. it, we're just seeing more and more of it right now. Where you're going to have at least two, and I think maybe it's already higher, three or four Mountain West teams where mm -hmm. there's players on the team from other mountain that previously were at other Mountain West teams. Yeah, I guess I would like. I mean, he'll he probably never share it with us because um, it, it's working for him. But whatever Leon Rice's secret sauce is to to making sure that he can identify guys that are, are program guys. And I mean, I don't know if it's as simple as when you talk to a crew, you just, you figure out when he asks you about NIL and how much, and if it's like the top three questions, you just kind of identify. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. If that's a kid for us, you know, but if it's like the 15th question on down, he's like, Hey, what do you have to offer for NIL too? You know, maybe that means like, okay, well, He's interested. We can help him, but it's not clearly at the top of his list. We think that he can fit in our, with our team and be our guy. And be our guy. And if he's good enough to really get rewarded with NIL, we'll figure it out. And that's what they're doing with a guy like Tyson Dagenhart, you know. And so there definitely has to be some loyalty there that that you hope you can trust in. And I think the Boise State has done a really good job with that. And there are definitely teams out there in the Mountain West that can offer more lucrative NIL deals. I, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean. Um, I would assume New Mexico is doing a pretty good job of, of, of you know, offering deals, um, considering what they've been able to attract in the transfer pool. And I'm not even knocking it; like, good, good for them. But for the um, life of me, I don't know how UNLV. And, in, and maybe even San Diego State aren't just cleaning up in the transfer portal and with the NIL. I mean, UNLV has ha has more big companies and casinos and everybody else down there that has so much money. And maybe maybe that's what they're doing. We've seen them add a lot of transfers this offseason. Um, you know, not like super, super five-star game-changing transfers. They've added a lot of solid pieces that were, you know, guys at other schools this, this offseason. But um, with them having Vegas and San Diego having, the, having San Diego, I mean, uh, now you have NIL involved. Like, I, I just – for the – you know, I would think both those schools would be in a position just to clean up these days. But. Yeah, you'd think so. I think the professional sports has, has kind of hurt, you know, the running Rebels because they used to be the only show in town. And now – Another one now. The, probably the Oakland A's now, too. Yeah. Um, they, they, there's a lot of other professional sports that are kind of stealing the spotlight away from what UNLV used to be. Again, the only show in town. And I know that there's certain things that they can do or, you know, collectives that they can arrange in order for a casino to, you know, contribute. But I mean, I think that's why the, the Cavender uh, twins from that were at Fresno State went to Miami. That's kind of why they're getting out of it is because they got offered some some big time money to basically be, you know, podcast host for, for a, a casino. And they couldn't really do that while they were in college. And it was, you know, a seven-figure deal that they just couldn't pass up on. And so um, there, there's obviously some some hurdles that you have to clear there if that's the route you go. Uh, but I, I do kind of agree. It's, it's 
it seems like UNLV could do a little better, um, but they've struggled recently. Well, uh, final thing, Jay, quickly, we're over the time, but uh, we got softball tomorrow. We got golf, go- we got golf going on. Uh, any, any, uh, non, uh, basketball, football, uh, topics you want to make sure we, we throw out there. No, it is a fact that the Boise State softball team hosts, uh, Utah State for a three game set begins tomorrow. Bark at the park on Sunday. The Broncos are just continuing to swing it. Um, I was actually uh, texting with Justin Schultz about this because if you go on the NCAA website, it says there's 295 Division One softball teams. There are a number of teams transferring up from the Division Two level that are on probation for that year while they tra- transfer up, which in my opinion is kind of silly. Like if you transfer up and make the postseason, like you should be able to play. Yep. You're transferring down. I get why there might be a penalty. That's another conversation for another day. But uh, of the 295 softball teams in America – the Broncos are second in slugging percentage, third in home runs per game, third in runs per game, and tied for sixth in on-base percentage. So, third. They're uh, third. They're dropping down. Come yeah, on. Well, they, they went to uh, San Jose State last week, and um, not only does San Jose State have some decent arms, it's like the biggest ballpark in the Mountain West. I mean, you, you got to hit a shot to get it out of there, uh, which they, they still hit a couple of them, but not necessarily as many as they, they have been hitting. So uh, Utah State, um, you know, they're – I think they got like a four four point three ERA as a staff. They're oh. in the bottom third of the country like when it comes to that. Sit, sit, sit on the berm out there in the outfield this weekend. Yeah, I warned everybody last week. Bring bring your glove if you're sitting in the. In the, in the Dude, outfield I was there staff. that day. Uh, the Nevada doubleheader in the first game they had uh, like a kid's school, like second graders out there in left field. That was mm-hmm. the game that Kelsey Hall hit two home runs, and they were out there. And I mean, it, I was worried for those little kids' lives out there when and and because some of these just rocket home runs getting hit out there, and then the ball would land and you'd see like a hundred it'd be like you know throwing a piece of bait into like a minnow pond or something they mm-hmm. just swarm the ball because a hundred of these second graders wanted the ball home run ball and it was funny to see but uh, yeah we'll have coach schultz on tomorrow morning uh we'll uh, it's about nine o'clock 903 i think we'll get to him and uh, he'll come on and preview the series four o'clock tomorrow is uh first pitch and these are all all key games jay as they try to uh you know get that number one seed and um, I think uh, Coach Schultz feels if they're the number one seed, if they win the regular season, but like losing the championship for something, they might still have good enough numbers to to make a case for an at-large bid. So even though it doesn't lock them up, uh, winning the regular season is a big deal, I think, uh, for them. So 4 o'clock on Friday and Saturday, and then I think noon on Sunday. And um, I know golf's, women's golf's having some success as well. They were sixth place, I think, heading into today's round. So uh, good luck to Kalen Downs and the uh, women's golf team as well. Uh, they're competing so, uh, Jay, appreciate your time as always, man. Uh, we'll be watching KTVB, uh, what, 5, 6, 10, all the various times. Is there a 4 o'clock? There is. I'm not usually on the 4, though. Okay, so five. Well, we'll be watching 4, 5, 6, 10, whenever, KTVB.com. Jay and Brady do a great job, so you can make sure you uh, check them out, follow Jay on Twitter, all that good stuff. So um, have a great – we got a cool announcement coming Monday. We'll talk to Jay about it on Tuesday. And then uh, – Golf, golf tournament related and non-golf tournament. Jay, I, I'll, I'll tease it on the way out of here. I, for the first time ever, signed Bronco Nation news up for whatever the uh, INFLCR um, portal website uh, thing for the NIL transactions with uh, Boise State student-athletes. Um, and so for the golf tournament, we kind of made it official in, in the portal. And uh, we have uh, a couple of football players that have uh, accepted my proposal. And we have uh, – an official 
legal NIL deal to have some football players out at the golf tournament. And we'll, we'll tell you who next week. So it was pretty cool though. And now I can talk about that process of what it was like to, to get that done. And it was uh, pretty easy and seamless, but kind of cool now to uh, officially have contracts with some of these guys. I don't know who to congratulate you or them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're getting a free round of golf out of it and a free lunch and a chance to uh, hang out. So I would say probably them, but we're excited to have them and um, it, it's going to be a fun time. So Jay, have a good rest of your day. We'll be watching you. Yeah. On KTVB tonight. Thanks again for switching to fr- to uh, Thursday. We'll still have the show tomorrow. Joe Joe Nickel and Justin Schultz will be on talking uh, Boise State Collective, Boise State softball, and uh, appreciate all you guys for checking us. Have anything happens today? Uh, we'll have you covered. Bronco Nation News. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Have a great day, Bronco Nation News. We'll talk to you tomorrow. BroncoNationNews.com.